and we think that it takes too long for people to learn German and then start to participate in cultural life and in the life of the society. And they should be able to discuss um, the topics of politics and of the society even before they are completely fluent in German. Hey, this is Zach, and welcome back to the Integration for Everyone podcast, where I speak to Germans who work on integration projects with refugees. Today's guest, who you just heard, is Julia from the organization Amal Berlin, uh, and that is a news agency that specializes in publishing stories on Berlin and Hamburg in three different languages, German, Arabic, and Farsi. And Farsi is also known as Dari, and it is one of the most commonly spoken languages in Iran and Afghanistan. So being someone, myself, who is living in a foreign country, one thing is very clear about migration, and that is that learning the language that everyone uses is really helpful. I think there's an argument that learning the language could be the number one priority for a newcomer. However, it usually takes years to really grasp a new language. And can a migrant or a refugee really wait to engage with the society in the meantime? Well, that's where Amal comes in with their reporting in two of the most common languages a refugee coming to Berlin uses. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation that I had with Julia. I thought it was especially timely in a pandemic when reliable and accurate information is so important to come by. So let's get into it. Hey, would you mind saying um, who you are? And um, if you wouldn't mind explaining what Amal Berlin is and um, anything you'd like to share about how that got started or what it is you do. Uh, yeah, and my name is Julia Gerlach. I'm a journalist. I used to work for German television ZDF. Afterwards, I was a correspondent for German media newspapers, Berliner Zeitung and so on, based in Cairo, reporting on the Arab Spring. And in 2015, I came back to Berlin. And at the time, there were so many refugees coming to the city. And amongst these, there were many colleagues from media, journalists, and so on. And at the same time, we discovered or we realized that um, there was a big lack of good information reporting on eye level, not telling people what is democracy and how they should um, behave in parentheses, but uh, to report on what is going on in Berlin, especially. And so we thought hmm, we should find some kind of project or find some kind of idea to bring those two needs together. So what we do is, or what we are, we are a news platform with local news from Berlin. We have 11 journalists working for us. They are all employed because we think it's important that people do not work as volunteers, but they have professional positions and can make their living from what they are doing. Um, and we are reporting on a news platform, uh, digital on the internet, about what is going on in Berlin and in the whole of Germany. So basically, every morning at maximum 11 o'clock, we publish the five most important news from the city and beyond the city, like national news, uh, and choose one story of the day, which will be a little bit longer. Then we have uh, events 
theater, concerts, um, discussions, and so on that might be interesting for our readers. And um, we publish also reportages and feature stories and interviews uh, with interesting people. And here we have a mixture. So we would choose topics that are interested, interesting for a general public, the same stuff that you might find, for example, in Tagesspiegel or Berliner Zeitung. And then we have, um, like every newspaper, we take care of our readers and we concentrate as well on topics that are especially interesting to them. So we have more uh, Syrian culture in Berlin or topics on regulations for refugees or Afghani cultural uh, events. So we look what might be interesting for our readers and publish stories on this as well. And we have videos as well. Uh, and we publish all this on a website. And at the same time, as we know that most of our readers are on Facebook and Instagram, we also publish the stories with the links on Facebook and Instagram. This is kind of the way we deliver um, our news to our readers. And uh, so we started this platform and it was online 2017. Uh, for Berlin and since one year, since uh, 2019, we also have a similar website for Hamburg with another four colleagues working on Hamburg News. Yeah, so it's not, I mean, what you're describing is a, a full media and news platform and a community. Yes. How many, um, just kind of the basic numbers, what are, what's your readership? Do you have the, the statistics on that? I don't really have it. Um, like the accurate figures in my head, but I know that for the um, like for the fa uh, Arabic Facebook page in Berlin, we have something like fifty-two thousand followers, and for the Dari Farsi, like for the Afghani and Iranian community in Berlin, we have I think something like fifteen to twenty thousand. Here, I'm not so sure about the exact number in Hamburg is it, as we just started and the city is much smaller um, the numbers are lower I think here we have something like 15,000 the two pages together or it might be 10,000 I can look it up for you yeah oh yeah sure um, I was just curious about the ballpark but either way that's a that's a large number of people that you're reaching every every day yeah and it is, um, I mean, it's growing still, and we still reach people that we have not reached so far, but we are quite proud that those people, I mean, you can see from the profiles where, who they are and where they are, the very big majority of them are actually living in Germany, living in Berlin or Hamburg, and come from those uh, countries. And from... Uh, the profiles, we can see that the majority of our readers have been in Germany for something like two to five years. Uh, but we also reach uh, people who have been here much longer. So the in Germany, we talk about this gap between the newcomers and the Alteingesessenen. Um, so the people who have been here longer for like 10 or 20 years. And as you know, there are some, it's not uh, without conflicts between the two communities. So we are proud that we reach both of them. 
we kind of talked about this before we um, started this call today, but what's the importance of giving information in the language, the native language of people, um, when you hear so many criticisms uh, that refugees should be learning German and um, that you know this kind of this kind of activity isn't helping with integration because they're never learning German and they're never uh, getting the chance to integrate fully. What's your response to that? And I mean, everybody who has been who has tried to live in a different country knows that even if you try hard and you are very gifted, it will take some time until you are able to read a local newspaper in the local language and also to understand what it is about. De yeah, definitely. I'm speaking as devil's advocate because I'm also living in this foreign country and and, and struggle to, to read German. So, And it is about the language, but it is also to have a little bit the background of discussions. So sometimes uh, half a sentence that puts a term or a discussion into context helps a lot to understand what it's, why it is interesting. And we think that it takes too long for people to learn German and then start to participate in cultural life and in the life of the society. And they should be able to discuss um, the topics of politics and of the society even before they are completely fluent in German. And they should also be interested in what is going on um, around them. So we thought it's cool to offer people um, news about what is happening around them so they can go participate and think about it and perhaps even feel encouraged to be a little quicker with their German and have a bigger effort, do a bigger effort to, to learn the language and make friends and so on. So this is the background. We think that integration is easier and quicker if you get news in a language that you can understand. And uh, yeah, and I think now with the Corona crisis, many of those people who were criticizing us before that we would uh, prevent um, or make it more difficult for people to integrate themselves because we give them the chance to communicate in their mother tongue instead of forcing them to learn German. I think in the Corona crisis, most people understood that it's really important that everybody who lives here has a chance to get good and um, serious information about what is going on. Because otherwise you cannot expect people to, um, yeah, to feel part of it and be part of it and participate in, in the cultural and so uh, life of the society. Yeah, that's what, um, you know, you're saying be part of the society. That's something that I think people want to do, even if they can't speak the language right away, they want to feel like they're part and part of the discussions and contributing um, as soon as possible. And yeah, I don't see why you can't do that while learning the language, uh, especially if you have a mm -hmm. tool like this, that's helpful. Uh, and, and you mentioned the coronavirus uh, crisis and, and the misinformation that's coming out yeah, is how big of a problem is um, misinformation and uh, people not having access to um, to, to relevant info, things that are going on, things like the, the restrictions. Um, have you heard from readers mm -hmm. that, you know, they weren't aware of certain things that were going on and restrictions that were imposed? 
Yeah, I think in many, especially in the beginning, there was in parts of the community, there was this attitude, ah, this is all coming up from the German government and they are always so serious and come on, it's not, we are young and we are strong and we, we are not affected, it's not dangerous for us and come. So it was a more relaxed approach to it and other people... Um, Some people would say, oh, we survived the war in Syria, so leave us alone with <laughs> with all this lockdown and stuff. And I think here we played quite a big role for people to explain why um, for many people it's important to, um, to follow the rules and really to be part of this big uh, effort of the society to... Um, Yeah, to stop Corona. Um, and here we uh, brought in doctors, experts, um, and also people from the community. So doctors from Syria or experts from Arab countries, for example, or also from Iran and even from Afghanistan. We had interviews with doctors from there who live here now and who could explain in their language in a way that people could understand it uh, why it's important to follow a certain rules and also to explain to people what the virus does um, when somebody is infected. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about how hard it is to get real information even in your own native language. Uh, you know, it's so hard to understand <laughs> with so much information all the time and misinformation. It's hard to parse and decide what is true and what is real and helpful and what is not true. Hmm. And here we also had uh, people who would talk about the psychological downsides of the lockdown and explain to people what they can do to um, keep their mind healthy, not only their body. I think this was also, we got many reactions on this and many people said, okay, this was really helpful. I was not able to sleep for such a long time. This is what somebody said. Um, and now um, with the method of the doctor that you interviewed, um, at least I get a little bit of rest now. What um, So kind of in light of how, what we've been talking about, what would you say, if, if I were to put you on the spot and say, could you give me a definition of integration? Um, what is your definition? What does it mean for a person to be integrated in a society like Germany? Oh, that's very difficult because you have this uh, official uh, term of integration, which is defined by politics and by certain norms in the society. And on the other hand, if you ask me myself for what I think would be good to, uh, to have, like how would people be happy and how could the society find a good way to um, welcome people and give people a home? I think it's very different from each other. So the official de definition um, comes along with uh, learning the language, know about the culture and contribute to the society. And I think you can also be integrated if you get along with the language and you feel at home and you feel part of it. I think feeling part of it and while you, your surroundings, it's very important. And I don't believe that you have to um, believe and um, 
accept everything in the society, like all the values, but you should be d'accord with the main uh, basic values and main understanding of uh, certain behaviors and customs and so if you are really unhappy with people drinking beer then you are not you are not in the right place if you live in berlin for example and you see those people sitting in the street drinking beer and they are happy and <laughs> right so i think you should be able to accept um differences I'm just, you know, curious to to end our conversation or um, move towards a, a conclusion is, you know, based on, on what you've said, what kind of lessons have you learned uh, with working with refugees, with integration in Germany um, over the last three three years that uh, Amal has been, been active? Mm, I th- what I have learned personally is that... Um, I don't know. In the beginning, when we started and we talked with people, um, they said, oh, it will be impossible to have a project where you bring together people from Syria, Afghanistan and Iran. And then even from other Arab countries and mix it all together. It will not work because you will have too many conflicts. And actually, uh, we are very diverse and nationality is only one of the at the point where um, people are different from each other, it's also a matter of political attitude and um, political views and personality especially is also playing a very big role. So it's really diverse and we have um, long discussions, but it's still possible to work together. And I think this is something I have learned that it is possible, but you, it is a lot of effort you have to And the other thing is, um, I mean, when we started in 2015-16, there were quite a few projects like ours. And some of them, we were really impressed. Oh, look, their videos are much better. And look at their website. It looks much more chic or I don't know. Um, And I think the difference is that we are still there that sometimes it makes more sense to try to build something that can last instead of putting so much effort in a spectacular start or in projects that really shine in a very uh, broad way and you get a lot of attention. So what is special with Amal is that we just continue. And even if it's only five news a day, we do that every day. And we try to make the program and our workflow in a way that we can do it um, today, tomorrow, and also next month. I'm just curious. One one last thought here uh, for me is that um, you're part of a whole process. You know, you're one you're one type of effort in in Germany. What what other organizations or types of integration projects do you think are important or you know are particularly complementary to uh, news and media? Um, and your organization. Have, do you know anyone um, doing integration work in a different way? Yeah, sure. There are many people who do integration work. And I think that um, there are completely, I mean, there are so many different um, organizations and initiatives. What might be interesting to highlight is, for example, a project called Begegnungs- Begegnungschor. It's a choir. And um, they are a little bit the same. They have been 
around for quite a while and they do concerts and they bring together people from like from the German society and also newcomers from different countries um, and they just do music together. It's all voluntary, uh, but it's something that works as well uh, in a very good way. Um, I think when you talk about integration and what people really need, sure, it's music and culture, but it's mostly jobs and uh, flats. So I think um, the projects in the field of uh, creating jobs and helping people to find jobs, um, that's especially important because without a job, you are nothing in this society. Mm. Yeah, you have to be able to support yourself. Yeah, and you don't have, um, in a way, because everything is so much defined by where you work and uh, how much money you have, I think it's really important that you have a job. Yeah, certainly. Well, any last thoughts or any other things that you think are uh, important to mention about Amal? I think what, I mean, you asked uh, what we achieved and how we did it, what we did not really achieve and what is really uh, something we are struggling with and we are working on um, is that we uh, we would like to have our articles also published in German media. So what we do is we publish a newsletter every uh, week and we offer our pieces and articles and commentaries um, to different newspapers. And actually in the beginning it was much easier. Uh, and the interest in this special point of view was much bigger. And at the moment, we discovered that um, it's really hard to sell this uh, kind of uh, journalism to German media. And that's a pity. And we are not really sure how to um, overcome this, uh, <laughs> this lack of motivation and interest. Yeah, do you sense kind of... Um like a, a just a, a decrease in the level of interest in refugees and integration in Germany in the last year. So, I mean, we're also speaking during a time when coronavirus is in the news everywhere. Um, but even before that, it to me seemed maybe like people felt tired or it just wasn't, it was no longer the, the hot topic that it was in 2016, 2017. Yeah, it was, it's not longer the hot topic. And okay, many stories have been published and people have read the story of uh, the Afghani journalist and she went for the first time to the swimming pool and uh, my first time um, in the school and my first time here and my first time there. I mean, and all the uh, stories of people uh, and they described how they came here and why they came here. We had those stories people have read them and uh, so many media organizations i think they believe that okay we do not have to publish it once again we already had the story know it um so we try to come up with new angles and new ideas for our articles but perhaps it was not enough to keep the interest um, in this kind of uh, perspective yeah, it's a very mm. interesting problem. Um, yeah, I think about the same thing. If if are people going to be interested in hearing more about refugees? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I don't know any other solution besides um, continuing to to have the conversation. So yeah, if you th if you think of any other solutions, let me know too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean the general climate in the society is really anti uh, refugee. 
at least in, in some parts of the society, not yeah. everywhere. But um, and until now, we are lucky because we never got really in. Yeah, attacked by any right-wing organization, anything. So the first time this happened was last week when <laughs> IFD actually picked up one of our videos and um, started to, it was yeah, a campaign on Facebook uh, against wow. one of the videos. Um, but for the rest, we were lucky because I think AfD and the right wing people they just don't understand Arabic or Farsi, so they don't <laughs> don't attack us because they just don't understand what we are writing about. Yeah, the, the, I wonder. Do you want to comment at all on on the like ongoing political situation because that's that's part of the whole story here, and um, I'm sure you have to as a as an organization keep your finger on the pulse and understand what's going on in the society. Um, while also trying to maintain your own neutrality, is that has that been difficult? Um, no, I mean on certain points, if it comes to uh, family unification, like this process we have been discussing about for so long, I don't think it's possible to be neutral because uh, what is happening is that so many people are waiting um, for their family to come here, and they have the right, and uh, they are constantly stopped by the authorities and uh, especially now with corona crisis um, people are really desperate because they just don't see how the family members who already got their visa and who already got the permission to come to germany but they are prevented by the lockdown how they finally will make their way to come to live with their family members here in germany it's really hard and yeah. it's not you can't really stay neutral on it because it's i mean it's i would never say it's unlawful but it's really uh something that many refugee organizations are criticizing well thanks for that point um and thank you for everything that you've spoken to me to today um it's really uh you're so welcome think about it all in a great light yeah okay if there's anything just call me thanks again okay. Yulia. Yeah, bye. Take care. All right. Wow. Well, I think Amal and Yulia are doing great work, and I enjoyed the conversation quite a bit. Now, luckily for me, afterwards, Yulia had the great idea that I should interview one of the other reporters at Amal who has the experience of being a refugee herself. So I'm happy to report that next week you will hear from Amal again and one of their Arabic reporters, Asma. I'm really looking forward to sharing that conversation with you. So if you don't know, you can find Integration for Everyone on your favorite podcast player. So go there, wherever it is, and subscribe. And that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and soon more. Uh, in this episode's companion page on my website, I am also going to include the links for Amal's website and social media pages. So you can go and have a look and follow them and uh, share their stories. Also, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the episode and uh, future conversations as well, what you'd like to hear. So when you visit the website, leave a comment. You can find that at www.integrationforeveryone.com forward slash Amal. That's spelled A-M-A-L. You can also email me directly at feedback at integrationforeveryone.com. And I also have a Twitter account now, so go follow me there. I regularly post updates on 
conversations that I had or news stories that are relevant to previous or future conversations. So just search at IFE podcast on Twitter. And if you are the general media in Germany and you are listening, I think you should consider picking up a story now and then from Amal. If you can read German, Arabic, or Farsi, go check out Amal's stories and share them so we can get the general media's attention on this. Thanks again for listening to Integration for Everyone. Join me next week when I'll be speaking to Amal again, this time with Asma. Take care.